0: Welcome to the July 2020 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Jess. And we are from the Course Report team. So we spend our days helping students choose the best coding bootcamps for them. But each month we round up all of the most interesting bootcamp industry news that we read about and chatted about and slacked each other in the Course Report virtual office. And we share it with you. So Jess, what are we going to be talking about in this month's episode?
1: We're going to start with regulatory news that is impacting the bootcamp industry during COVID-19, and then we'll talk about acquisitions and fundraises.
0: Yes, including some huge news from WeWork and Flatiron School, and then we'll share news about workforce development programs and scholarships to diversify tech. And of course, we'll tell you about all the new
1: coding bootcamps that we added to the course report directory this July.
0: Okay, so let's dive in. So there's a lot going on in U.S. politics right now that's impacting hiring practices in tech and even university enrollment, which is obviously trickling down into coding boot camps at a really high level. School reopening was largely on pause in July.
1: Yeah. So school reopening is a hotly debated topic right now. Earlier this month, TechCrunch reported that U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, that's ICE, issued a new rule that would not allow international students to study in the U.S. if their learning institution was moving online. The rule faced immediate backlash and a lawsuit by Harvard and MIT. So by mid-month, this new ICE rule was rescinded but as of July 24th, NPR reports that the rule still applies to all newly enrolled international students who are planning to attend school in person this fall. So those students will be barred entry into the U.S. and must learn remotely from their home country. TechCrunch covered this in July and spoke with Eric Tarzinski, the founder of Contrary Capital, who points at coding boot camps like Lambda School, who are now helping their own international students shift online.
0: Yep. I mean, in this world where flexibility and education is absolutely critical, coding boot camps are kind of a more attractive option than ever. So we will keep you updated on which boot camps are reopening. So far, it's, you know, the end of July right now. We've heard of one or two schools moving to a hybrid model in states that are kind of reopening, but there really hasn't been a movement to reopen in the bootcamp world yet. But obviously we'll keep you updated.
1: The New York Times reports that as of July 24th, 30 million U.S. workers are collecting unemployment benefits. With that sobering statistic, we saw plenty of buzz this July about how to reskill those whose employment is affected by COVID-19 and get America ready for the future of work. In mid-July, the White House renewed its support for skills-based education alternatives with the release of a new campaign called Find Something New. This campaign was in the works before COVID 19, and its website includes pathways like coding boot camps to secure the hot jobs of today.
0: Ed Surge reports that this campaign has been criticized as being a bit tone deaf to those who are unemployed right now because of the pandemic and just in this general recession. Critics are saying that the initiative lacks a way to evaluate the programs, so that the Find Something New campaign is promoting. And I totally understand where those critics are coming from. You know, during the Obama administration, I don't know if y'all remember this, but when Equip was getting off the ground, there was a requirement that each boot camp partner had to basically partner with a third-party quality assurance body to report on outcomes of the program. But currently, most boot camps are reporting their outcomes via CIRR or via their own rubrics. So definitely agree with those critics, although we love to see, you know, government kind of pushing folks towards alternative education in addition to those, you know, four-year programs.
1: And then on June 26th, we saw that President Trump signed an executive order directing the government to reduce the minimum education requirements for federal job opportunities, except for positions where such standards are legally mandated. Ed Surge reports that this shift of hiring for skills and not just education credentials will increase the qualified applicant pool, but workforce nonprofits and foundations are already unsure of how to put this into practice when reviewing non-degree credentials. Since the federal government is America's largest employer, even proponents of this order believe it's going to take a long time to successfully implement it. The director of the U.S. Office of Personnel Management has been tasked with developing the details of how to assess job applicants' skills, and a nonprofit called Credential Engine is now working to create a registry that categorizes and organizes all of the alternative certifications out there now. It's a rather big job.
0: Yeah, well, regardless of how we fill those jobs, I think one thing is certain, and the New York Times wrote about it this July, the pandemic has accelerated demand for a much more skilled workforce. So Steve Lohr in the New York Times writes that even groups who disagree on labor issues do agree that public investment has to be made in upskilling our workforce, especially during coronavirus. Companies are adopting more automation, seeking to cut costs, increase efficiency, and even work remotely, and adding those tech skills to your toolbox is the best way to stay ahead of the automation wave. The Markle Foundation has proposed federally funded opportunity accounts, is what they're calling them. They're up to $15,000 in those accounts for workers to spend on training, and union leaders are, you know, really behind this administration effort to expand federal apprenticeship programs. I mean, $15,000 is the average cost of a coding bootcamp. That would be kind of a fantastic way to move forward and take the onus of reskilling or at least the financial onus of reskilling off of the individual student. So we will keep you updated on everything that evolves there.
1: In general, these last few months, March through July, they've been quiet months for acquisitions and fundraises. but we still caught a few bits of interesting news.
0: Yes. The biggest news being that Flatiron School has spun out of WeWork. So remember, WeWork bought Flatiron School about three years ago. And in that time, they've expanded from just being in New York City to being in about eight campuses. But as we are seeing, WeWork really divest from many of its assets. They have sold Flatiron School to Carrick Capital Partners. The acquisition price was not disclosed. But if you remember, WeWork paid about $28 million to buy Flatiron School in 2017. And in TechCrunch, CEO Adam Enbar said that Flatiron School has seen 140% growth in graduates since 2018. So we can do a little bit of math there. Mm-hmm.
1: And in Latin America, Contexta reports that Digital Skills Bootcamp Tribe acquired tech education company Code Nation this July. Tribe currently offers an income share agreement to bootcamp students. And now, with Code Nation's network and history of job placement success, this acquisition will help Tribe bootcamp grads find jobs. Code Nation's own tech training bootcamp, Acceleradev, will cease to exist once this transition period is totally complete.
0: And then Tony Wan wrote for EdSurge about the boot camps that have taken advantage of the PPP program in the U.S., including Kinsey Academy, which was approved for a loan between $350,000 and $1 million. Pretty vague, but uh, just so you have an idea. And some boot camp adjacent companies like Black Girls Code, Girls Who Code and Khan Academy also were approved for PPP money.
1: We also saw that Revature appointed a new president this month. Amit Savak was Revature's senior advisor, but he's now accepted the position of president in order to facilitate key growth initiatives and university partnerships.
0: And finally, Coursera raised $130 million in a Series F round, led by NEA this month. EdSurge reports that Coursera plans to expand Coursera for Campus, which is an offering that includes 4,000 courses created by 150 colleges and universities. And Coursera will expand its workforce recovery initiative, which workforce development agencies can use to reskill recently unemployed workers.
1: Well, speaking of workforce development, as you can imagine, most of the news about boot camps in July centered around how they fit into the larger workforce reskilling and development landscape.
0: In EdSurge this month, Amy Ahern, who is the career success strategist at Pathstream, published a really great call to action asking us to focus on helping people prepare for jobs that exist today instead of kind of focusing on these like future jobs. Ahern points out that there are so many existing jobs in our current economy that go unfilled simply because job seekers haven't heard of them, even when they have the skills for them. She calls these middle skill roles. She says they comprise 53% of the current economy and often make at least $50,000 a year. They can usually be done remotely and they don't require a college degree. So you're probably thinking, what are these jobs <laughs> and what are these middle skills? So Ahern says that these roles often involve the use of digital tools like JIRA, Google Analytics, or Power BI. And she also calls on companies to be more clear about what a job role actually entails in the job listing so that people can easily understand if they're qualified for that role.
1: And Ahern calls on those with solid jobs right now to help job seekers by doing the following. So volunteer as a mentor to help people understand the lingo, the tools, and the skills you use in your own job. You could share online courses and outcomes proven programs to get this on the radar of those wondering how to reskill right now. You could also financially support nonprofit organizations who are helping workers reskill and also just speak up at your company by encouraging leadership to take chances on people from alternative education pathways and build apprenticeship programs that allow people to learn on the job.
0: We also saw some big tech companies in July that are now offering online digital skills courses to help those affected by COVID-19. Here's a quick rundown of what we saw this month.
1: So Microsoft launched a digital skills initiative to 25 million people worldwide. This initiative includes using Microsoft data to identify in-demand jobs and the skills needed to fill those vacancies. So free access to learning paths to help people develop those needed skills, and then also low-cost certifications and free job-seeking tools.
0: Google also announced 100,000 scholarships for its new online certificate programs in data analytics, project management, and user experience design. These courses can be completed within six months, are taught by Google employees, and offered through Coursera's online platform.
1: And Apple is now offering a free online coding course for educators in order to encourage teachers to teach code in the classroom. And this course focuses on learning Swift.
0: K-12 has partnered with the Virginia Ready Initiative, also known as VA Ready. VA Ready helps those who are out of work due to COVID-19 to reskill for in-demand tech jobs. And K-12 will develop the curriculum. If you remember, K-12 bought Galvanize, so they've got some coding boot camp experience and curriculum to draw from there. And then they're also going to provide job interview opportunities for those VA Ready scholars.
1: ABC News reported this month that the San Diego Workforce Partnership is now offering an income share agreement to those interested in taking a certification course in either UX design, database management, or Java programming. These courses are offered through the UC San Diego Extension, and repayment for the ISA begins when the student secures a job with a salary of $40,000.
0: And finally, Strive School is working to address what it sees as inadequate STEM education in Europe. This month, TechCrunch highlighted how Strive School now offers European students an income share agreement to make their online digital skills bootcamp more accessible. Strive School's curriculum includes teaching those requisite soft skills like communication and adaptability that students need in order to be successful in the tech workforce.
1: This year, the number one question we're hearing is, are companies hiring bootcamp grads right now? And the short answer is 100% definitely yes. The job search process is taking longer, but since COVID struck, Liz and I have been speaking with recent bootcamp alumni who have landed some awesome jobs and internships these past few months. We rounded up the job search advice and online onboarding tips from these recent bootcamp grads who have found their first developer jobs during this COVID time. And this roundup also includes two real-time updated lists of all the companies that are hiring right now. We'll be sure to link to this piece in our July News roundup.
0: Yes, and we weren't the only ones digging into the job search this month. Tech Republic combed the internet to create a list of the top 20 work-from-home jobs with salaries over $100,000 a year. The list includes quite a few tech positions, so check it out if you are looking for more jobs to apply for.
1: Tech Republic also produced the succinct little list of 10 high-paying tech jobs that don't require a degree, the top three jobs, data scientist, front-end engineer, and Java developer. And if you're a data science bootcamp grad or just considering enrolling in a data science bootcamp right now, BW Education includes data scientist and data analyst as two of the emerging most high-demand career options right now.
0: And Tech Republic also announced a virtual job fair that's going to be hosted by HackerRank. It'll be held September 21st and 22nd. And according to this article, Glassdoor's analysts are saying that hiring at big tech companies has stabilized, but that jobs have not quite come back at small and mid-sized companies that are still dealing with some uncertainty and uh, maybe, you know, lost business. But Glassdoor chief economist Andrew Chamberlain said June's positive jobs report in the U.S. provides a power signal of how swiftly U.S. job growth can bounce back and how rapidly businesses can reopen once the nation finally brings the coronavirus under control.
1: The Daily Hive reported this month that Toronto has been named as a top tech talent hub in North America by the latest CBRE report. To determine which cities score highest on its yearly tech talent roundup, CBRE measures a city's tech talent supply, growth, and industry outlook for tech job growth, among other things. The top three tech talent cities for 2020 are San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and Seattle. Toronto was listed as the fourth best, beating out New York City, which ranked in at
0: number five for tech talent. I think this is the final Tech Republic piece we're going to share in this podcast. But Tech Republic shared an interesting piece about why hiring managers should consider other things besides coding proficiency when hiring developers. Alexander Volodarsky, the co founder and CEO of Lemon.io, which is a freelance platform for hiring developers, recommends that hiring managers should do what he calls the falafel test. Still don't understand why this is called the falafel test, but the falafel test is an informal half-hour meeting between a recruiter and a job applicant. No code is discussed. Boldarski points out that a recruiter can learn a lot about a candidate in just a half an hour, including any projects that they might be involved in. And this kind of informal meeting can be a window into a candidate's willingness to take initiative. That's really great advice for hiring managers.
1: We also learned this month of a really interesting study about today's technical interviews. So a recent study from North Carolina University and Microsoft found that technical interviews actually exclude qualified candidates from the hiring pool. The study conducted 48 technical interviews with computer science undergraduates and graduate students, and half of these interviews were conducted with an interviewer present, and then the other half were conducted so the interviewee could answer the coding challenge privately with no interviewer present and without having to explain their code. Those who did the traditional technical interview with the interviewer present did half as well as those who had the space and the quiet to do the technical interview privately. Researchers of this study also noted that all of the women who took the public interview failed, while all of the women who took the private interview passed, which then brings into question how the traditional technical interview may be barring underrepresented groups from tech. Chris Parnon, who co-conducted this study and is an assistant professor of computer science at NC State, concluded that, quote, the findings suggest that companies are missing out on really good programmers because those programmers aren't good at writing on a whiteboard and explaining their work out loud while coding, end quote.
0: For those just getting started in their new tech job, Tech Shout wrote an article about the software development habits that you should work on. So we read a lot of these like soft skills articles, but I thought this one actually had some really great tips that go beyond, you know, working on your communication skills, which is also important. But Tech Shout says to work on your extreme active listening, leveraging advanced development resources at your company, consistent evaluation and prioritizing simplistic development.
1: Earlier this year, when COVID forced many companies to lay off their employees, we read stories about how unemployment agencies were desperately seeking developers who knew COBOL to help sort through the millions of unemployment claims. This month, Forbes points out that COBOL, often thought as a dinosaur of programming languages, actually powers 95% of ATM swipes, 80% of in-personal financial services, and processes $3 trillion in commerce every day. So if you're thinking of getting into the fintech or government sectors and you're looking to stand out from the crowd, you may want to consider learning COBOL.
0: Well, Computer Weekly looked into the European tech market. Like the U.S., there's a lack of diversity across lines of race, ethnicity, gender, and class. And like in the U.S., they say that boot camps, because of their relative affordability when compared with traditional Computer science degrees opens tech up to a wider section of the population. In the US, Business Insider reports that Twitter is dropping coding terms like master and slave after two engineers led an internal effort to press for that change. And as tech continues to look inward, we wanted to share a few of the new scholarships launched by boot camps in July.
1: So, the South Philly Review highlighted Tech Elevator's new $1 million Represent Tech Scholarship Program. And this program was created to support historically underrepresented groups in tech. The scholarship will cover 85% of the total bootcamp tuition.
0: Technically, DC reports that 2U is awarding scholarships of $2,500 to Black, Latinx, and Indigenous learners, as well as women who demonstrate both need and merit. Remember that 2U acquired Trilogy Education last year, so these scholarships can be applied to over 100 online boot camps. And then we didn't see these ones in the news this month, but just wanted to give these a shout out. If you're looking for scholarships, look at Burlington Code Academy's Impact Scholarship. They've got $50,000 that's going towards their diversity initiative. Codesmith's Minorities in Tech Scholarship, and that's for discounted tuition to CodeSmith. Codesmith also has their Black Engineers at Codesmith Scholarship, which is a full tuition scholarship for 10 Black bootcamp students in 2020. And that includes mentorship, which I think is huge. And then finally, the John Stanley Ford Fellowship is an apprenticeship for Black graduates of Flatiron School. And that one is open for applications as well. Cool. Sounds good.
1: And if you want to go inside one woman of color's experience in tech, I recommend listening to This Is Uncomfortable's recent podcast episode, The Fight for Fair Pay in Big Tech. This episode highlights Ifoma Ozoma, who shares her experience addressing racial inequity after years of working at big tech companies in Silicon Valley. It's a super interesting episode, and I highly recommend listening into it.
0: We will definitely link to that.
1: Since we are now in the dog days of summer, new school announcements were a bit quiet, but we still caught a few.
0: Yes. So first we caught news of another new Trilogy Coding Bootcamp. Ohio State University has partnered with Trilogy Education to offer an online coding bootcamp. Like most of these Trilogy Bootcamps, it's 24 weeks part-time, and the first cohort begins this October.
1: Digital Crafts is now offering a coding bootcamp in Seattle in partnership with Western Washington University. This bootcamp includes career support such as mock technical interviews, resume review, and portfolio guidance.
0: And the Denver Post reports that Arapaho Community College has partnered with coding bootcamp Promineo Tech to offer back-end and front-end software development courses. All right. So Jess, we added 13 new schools to our course report school listings this July. Do you want to tell us about the schools that we added? Yes, so seven of those 13 newly listed boot camps are actually
1: powered by Promeneo Tech. Promenadeo Tech has partnered with the following community colleges to offer online front-end and back-end boot camps. So Arapaho Community College, Estrella Mountain Community College, Scottsdale Community College. Gateway Community College, John Tyler and Reynolds Community Colleges, Sierra College, and Southeast Community College.
0: We also added that Ohio State University online coding bootcamp, which is powered by Trilogy Education, so that's now on course report.
1: Level Effect is now included in our listings as well, and Level Effect offers a 13 week live online cyber defense
0: analyst bootcamp. We've added Somerville Academy, which offers an online digital marketing course for women. And Berlin,
1: Germany's Pipeline Data Engineering Academy is now included in our listings. And this is a 12 week immersive data engineering bootcamp, and it's offered in person as well as online.
0: You can also find CodeBound in our directory as well. In partnership with the University of the Incarnate Word, CodeBound offers 20-week courses in full-stack software development, mobile app development, and UX UI design.
1: And we added CodeX Academy to our listings this
0: month, which offers both full-time and part-time online coding courses. Well, welcome to all of those schools. And if you're listening and you're a graduate of any of those schools, head over to Course Report and leave a review of your experience so that other future students can read it and do some really good research as they make their decision. To wrap up this episode, let's share our favorite pieces that we wrote and worked on for the Course Report blog this month. What was yours? So this month, I really enjoyed speaking with US
1: Army vet and now new remote developer, Isaac, about his remote bootcamp experience at Sabio. So Isaac used vet tech to completely cover his boot camp tuition. And he pointed out that if you're a veteran considering a tech boot camp right now, just apply for vet tech first, and then your vet tech benefits will be ready for when you've chosen the boot camp you would like to enroll in. I also liked that Isaac had thought about the difference between having a traditional CS degree and having graduated from a boot camp. He says, it's a bit like asking which artist is better, Van Gogh or Monet? Neither. They are both artists who dedicated their lives to improving their craft. This is the mentality you have to commit yourself to when becoming a software developer. And you, Liz, what was your favorite piece this month?
0: Well, I got to work with Craig Fryer who has so much experience working with data. He's been in leadership positions in on data teams. He's been working like directly with data for like 10 years and he gave us a 15 minute intro to Tableau. So I don't know if y'all have heard of Tableau but it's a pretty easy but very powerful tool for data visualization. It doesn't really require a ton of code and Craig did a great job explaining it. He's also a distinguished faculty member at General Assembly. So if you watch this video and you like his teaching style, he teaches the intro to data visualization class as well at General Assembly.
1: And that does it for our July podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep checking in on Course Report for the latest about online bootcamp opportunities. We'll see you next month on the August Coding Bootcamp News Roundup.
0: And of course, we love feedback. So email us your thoughts at hello at course And if you enjoyed this podcast, please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you found this podcast, subscribing to the course report podcast and leaving us a review. We'll see you in August. Bye.